That's the best introduction I've ever received. Stu, our wonderful Stu. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you all. Uh, we're going to do something slightly different this afternoon. Normally, at this point, uh, one of us would be up here. We would open up the scriptures, and we would take some time to teach you the Bible. But every once in a while, while we're all here, it's important for us to share some family news and let you know what is happening as we consider the future direction of our church family. As Lou just shared, next week is going to be our 10-year birthday celebrations. What started off as a bunch of families in a living room in Wallace Avenue has grown to a community of hundreds of people connecting with the life of Jesus. But Lagan Valley Vineyard is so much more than just a crowd of people who gather in a room on a Sunday because we're inviting you to be the church and to embody a way of life, a way of living that Jesus described himself as the kingdom of God. And this way of life, it changes us, but also invites us to join with him as he brings transformation to the place that we call home. We have committed ourselves over the past 10 years to be the kind of people who make Jesus the boss of our lives, together existing as a church that is on fire so that we would be able to see this valley come alive with the love of Christ. This week, uh, a couple of days ago, I watched back um, at a conversation that Andy and I had on this stage um, in September 2020. Uh, we were up here and it was a completely empty room and it was no crack whatsoever. Um, in that interview, we wanted to name where we were as a church, not just because of lockdown, but our journey as a church family. And Andy helpfully kind of named where we were as a wilderness place. He went on to say that the wilderness is a place of preparation, a place of formation, but also a place of transition. And this transition, he said that day, was marked by the moving into new places. Now, as he said at the time, and I think it's really important to say again today, whenever we say new places, that isn't just confined to buildings. Because we truly believe that Jesus is inviting this entire region, every person and every part, to experience his life and his love. And so that means that we need to move towards our workplaces, our communities, our homes, the adventures that we take, relationships, and we are to partner with Jesus in seeing his kingdom come across the Lagan Valley as it is in heaven. However, is that sense of mission that takes in the whole of the region and beyond, we, we also recognize that as a gathered community that gathers around this space weekly, well, we're expanding. It's quite a full room this morning. And, and 10 years ago, or sorry, 10 years in, we find ourselves at an inflection point in our story, a turning of the season, a moment where our preparation and our formation has led to a time of transition. And so Andy shared two weeks ago our intention to expand our space, to take in the old gym building, which is uh, through the wall behind me, to see our physical space for gathering, but also our home base for the mission of Jesus to grow that little bit more. And so today, we want to take some time to talk about just that. What will it look like? And what does this move into the space behind us? What does it require of us as a church? And so to help us kind of work through that, I want to ask Andy, our senior pastor, and also Mark, the chairman of our board of trustees, to answer a couple of questions. So will you welcome Andy and Mark as they come up onto the stage?
thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Andy, I'm going to uh, begin by asking you a fairly simple, pretty obvious, but very important question to get us started. Why are we doing this? Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Good to see you all. Um, yeah, it's a really simple question, um, but it's a really, really important question. Um, if you want to have a bit of a laugh this week, uh, go on to Lagan Valley Vineyard's YouTube channel and go click on videos and go to the very bottom, like the very first video we ever posted uh, on YouTube is a video of me with ridiculous hair. Um, <laughs> Seven years ago, uh, talking to some of you here in this room today about uh, an empty former pet food shop called Jolly's, um, which is what this was. And um, it was an opportunity for us to invest in a, in a family home. And one of the things we talked about in that video, uh, which I want to remind you of uh, as we talk about this, is uh, thinking about the church uh, as a building is um, it's really problematic. It makes me sad whenever I hear people give people directions and they talk about go past the church and turn left because thinking of the church as a building is like defining your family by your address. Like it's nonsense. Your family is not your address. Uh, your family uh, is made of people. Uh, and equally, the church is not a building, it's people. But just like families need homes. So do churches. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we don't refer to this building as the church, because you are the church. But this building has served us over the last seven years as our, as our home. Um, but as happens, as families grow, uh, which has been just uh, such a thrill and a challenge <laughs> over the last seven years, is uh, the house isn't big enough anymore. And we've been talking about this actually for years, and we've tried to do everything we can to make this space work, um, particularly those of you with uh, young children will know the challenges of some of uh, this space on Sundays, but um, we have to be honest and say even beyond that, we really got to a point, or I got to a point in the last kind of 12 or 18 months where what I was saying to Mark and the board, and we'll talk more about that later, is um, this physical space is now becoming a barrier to what God has put on our hearts to do. That what God is speaking to you guys about, and he's speaking to us about, what he's inviting us into, uh, can no longer be held or well served simply by these four walls. And uh, so we have looked and prayed and looked and prayed and explored and done all sorts of feasibility things in all sorts of other places. And uh, truthfully, the more we did that, the more we realized how difficult it is to find somewhere suitable. And the whole time we were very aware of 12,000 square foot of empty space <laughs> right beside us. And um, I probably had to go on my own uh, journey with that because um, well, for lots of reasons, we can talk about that more later, but um, we kind of realized there is uh, everything we need right here. Why are we not, uh, why are we not looking at, at, at this properly? And so, and so we did. Uh, there are four things or four areas that uh, what we are uh, going to move towards that are really, really important for us as we do this. Four pillars, maybe you can think of them as, uh, and they are community. Uh, we want to invest in a space that will continue to help serve us as we grow together as, as family. Uh, compassion, 
Um, lots of you are really aware of the work we do in the community and um, the sense of partnership with other agencies and all of that sort of stuff. And um, God bless Yvette and her team who do that. This, this space has been well used over the years, but it's not really that great for, for what they want to do and what they have been doing. And so we are really excited about moving towards a space that can serve the work of compassion and everything that we're doing in the wider community really well. Um, kids and youth, um, if we're really honest, and if I'm really honest, it's probably the one aspect of my leadership over the last 10 years that shame is too strong a word, but I carry a bit of a burden around, which is that we have underinvested in the physical space for our kids and young people. And uh, we have this lovely, big, comfortable space, and they get crammed into two small rooms and P7 boys and P1 girls are expected to talk about Jesus in the same space together whilst it's all happening, and that's, that's not great. That's just Sundays. Uh, and then if you haven't heard, but there is something that is like genuinely extraordinary and unheard of happening with teenagers in this area. Yeah. Um, and I, that's not hyperbole, that's not a, a preacher exaggerating things. Chris was invited to the Youth Alpha Conference in London uh, this year, and th their kind of poster boy for like uh, Youth Alpha with unchurched kids was a guy leading a ministry in Canada, and he stood up and uh, talked about how in the previous calendar year he'd done Youth Alpha with around 150, I think it was, unchurched teenagers. And the person who was with Chris, who's not from here but knows what's going on, uh, said something like, Chris, that's what you did in February. <laughs> um, we will conservatively uh, do Youth Alpha with uh, 500 unchurched teenagers in the next kind of four or five months. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. Eighteen, eighteen of the teenagers that went through Youth Alpha last year with our guys in schools uh, were sponsored by ULOT to go to MOVE, our summer camp this summer, and 17 of them committed their lives to Jesus. Um, it's just extraordinary. We feel like we are being uh, slightly irresponsible if we are like cheering Chris on to literally share the gospel with hundreds of teenagers and not ask the question, what are we going to ask them to do? Or where are we going to ask them to go if they want to find out more about Jesus and community? Because um, this doesn't quite work for that. And so a big part of uh, what we are hopeful for for next door is also space for teenagers that are discovering Jesus and teenagers that already call this church uh, family their home, space for them to grow in God and grow in what he thinks about them and what he's planning for their lives. Community, compassion, kids, and youth. So that's some of the, uh, and truthfully, that is some of the why. Um, I'm astounded all the time as I chat with you guys and pray with you guys about your own imagination and the things that Jesus is whispering to you about. And what we know is as we uh, move into to this space, as we move into something that is um, fit for purpose, actually to hold some of what's in our hearts for the next chapter um, of uh, our life together, following Jesus in this family called Lagan Valley Vineyard. Brilliant. So helpful. Andy, could you give us just a, there's a big wall between us and space right now, <laughs> but could you give us a sense of what 
this space will look like next door? Yeah, so um, for those of you that are um, visual, we do have some floor plans. You've maybe had a wee sneak peek at them um, in the foyer. I'll, um, I'll maybe not say too much, just as you as you look at that and try to absorb that uh, a, a little bit. Um, you'll notice kind of in the middle, two things. Um, one that's making uh, Laura Laverty more excited than any other human on the planet, uh, <laughs> which is a kitchen. Sharon's <laughs> 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 so happy about that. <laughs> so we're excited about moving from a boiler in a cupboard. Um, so we currently have uh, to, to an actual kitchen, but also you'll see there a table um, and space, uh, literally space. So, so what you're looking at there in terms of footprint, this might be helpful for some of you, is roughly uh, the size of this whole venue. So little party, big party, and all these kind of rooms. That's what you're looking at there, with the heart of it being a kitchen, a living room, and space for us to actually sit together and talk, space for the community to arrive, to walk in. There's a small office, so we will uh, move the office uh, from the city centre down here, uh, so that Monday to Friday, all week long, there is a space for, for you, but, um, and we are excited about that, um, but more importantly, there's a space for the community. And um, at this point in time, we're not starting another uh, coffee shop or a cafe, but we do imagine tea and coffee and buns and all that sort of stuff there available. And as people need help or as you bump into people who need help, you're able to say, look, during the week, just call in. Somebody will be there. The kind of random collection of rectangles to the right-hand side of the table um, is a wood-burning stove. And uh, that's been a bit of a dream of mine. It makes environmental sense as far as how we try to heat the place. But it also, um, I guess what's, what's really in our heart is a space that feels like home. Obviously, it's not, uh, it's going to be slightly bigger than that and all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, our, our, our vision here is not a kind of damp church hall, uh, for those of you who are familiar with those. Um, but much more a place that feels like a place of welcome, a place of life, uh, a place where conversation can be held. Uh, the two rooms on the left-hand side and the bottom, uh, you'll see are multi-purpose rooms, space for Sundays, of course, for uh, our kids to be. Um, we're going to continue this space, will stay the same, but uh, for those of you who have babies, we have always said noise in this community is welcome. Um, but <laughs> I know some of you will be excited to hear that uh, we are going to be repurposing some of this space uh, for parents and babies to be able to be uh, more comfortable as we worship on a Sunday together, um, for our kids to be able to have their own dedicated spaces with more age-specific rooms, uh, and then, of course, during the week, rooms that are available for community training, for cares and tots, for all those sorts of things. Chris, flick on to the upstairs. Um, there is an upstairs, which is, again, it's just massive. Um, and this really is where we uh, see kind of kids and youth really having the run of the space and place. And uh, we're really, really excited about that, um, both for Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, and during the week. We have been already approached by a, a national charity uh, who would be really interested in partnering with us and delivering some of their programs to really underprivileged teenagers. So 16, 17, 18-year-olds who um, have both been failed by our education system and who have failed in our education system, um, but who are engaged in programs to uh, help their education and employability. Yvette and I had a brilliant conversation with one of their directors a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he really diplomatically asked how we feel about difficult teenagers being in our building. Um, 
I think maybe half expecting, you know, like, well, we'd rather things didn't get broken and, you know, people need to respect space. And of course, those things are true, but um, we were able to share some of the story of the last 10 years and that this church exists for the most lost and broken people in our society. And the idea that before we've even begun, we are uh, being approached by people like that to say, could we use your space to serve those who have been most forgotten, most left behind, and help bring them hope uh, made us really, really excited. So there's all sorts of plans and possibilities for the upstairs. Hence, there's not much detail on the page other than uh, the intention for what, what it's going to be used for. Um, for some of you who uh, find it difficult to maybe take floor plans and imagine 3D. We have some CGI images. This is kind of the foyer downstairs. <laughs> yes. um, like so, that reaction is good. Um, so I, we disclaimer here, because I know some of you are very attached to detail. This is to give you an idea of feel, okay? Um, if you arrive in this building when it's finally finished and there's not a yellow wall, don't get mad at me, all right? Um, um, or green booths, but you'll get a sense of, uh, of our hope there of a space that is uh, really uh, reflecting what we care about most, which is people, and having a, a physical space that can hold the things that Jesus is inviting us into uh, as, as a community. So that's a little bit of uh, the why and the what, what it will actually look a bit like. Awesome. Thank you, Andy. Um, just as these uh, photos and the floor plans uh, flick through, it is helpful to say that we will be sending out an email later on this week with this interview, in case you want to watch back, uh, with the floor plans uh, and these images. Um, also, some questions that you may have. Um, we uh, just want to send that email out this week. So if you don't get our emails, please do speak to one of our welcome team. Please grab me at the end of the service. We'd love to subscribe you to our weekly emails and then you can connect with it. We will also be next door next week. So uh, Saturday evening, the community meal is going to be happening in the venue next door. So if you're really nosy, you want to kind of see what it's like in there, please come along for the meal. Um, and also, even though we're sending emails, even though you're able to go next week, it, it's important to say that if you have any questions whatsoever about any of this, come and speak to us. We'd love to be able to answer your questions. We want this process to be as transparent and as open as possible, so please do come uh, and chat with us. Um, Mark, thank you for, for being here. Um, you chair our Board of Trustees, which plays a really important role in moments like this. Um, I'm conscious that there's some of you who are new to our community, and, and so I thought it'd be helpful, Mark, just if you could take some time to explain the role of the board and also who sits on it at the minute. Sure. Good morning, everyone. Uh, the board primarily works behind the scenes, uh, so we don't see a lot of the board up here at front, but that doesn't take away from the importance uh, of what the board does, and it's times like this where we kind of get involved really in, in new initiatives. If you've kind of followed the Christian press and unfortunately kind of the, the global press over the last few years, you'll be aware of some high-profile churches that have unfortunately come into the news for all of uh, the wrong reasons. Uh, primarily that's, you know, maybe financial or moral or safeguarding failures. And Every time I read the story, another one just seems to appear, it really grieves me, uh, primarily because of the lives that are impacted and the people that are affected by those situations, and also 
for their reputation, the damage that it does to the reputation of the church and also of the kingdom. And if you follow those stories, you notice and in all of those cases, it's the board, the trustees, the directors, whoever it is, that ultimately take responsibility and become accountable in those situations. And they have to deal with the fallout, they've got to deal with the press, they've got to deal with, uh, you know, the authorities, if there's been financial irregularities, deal with the Charities Commission, and they come under intense scrutiny. And that's really, the role of the board is, in, in Lagan Valley Vineyard and other charities, is to make sure that we, and it's, we have the legal responsibility to ensure that Lagan Valley Vineyard carries out all of its activities in a really responsible uh, manner, with integrity, with honesty, uh, with accountability. Ensure that in all that we do, that we comply with our own uh, governing documents, that we comply with vineyard bylaws, and also that we comply with all the statutory and the charity laws and regulations that apply to us as a community and as a charity and as a limited company. So that's our role. It's primarily governance. Uh, if you're at any of the, uh, the welcome nights or the newcomers meals that we do, I use this line to always kind of sum up what the role of the trustees and it's to keep us out of the red, to keep us out of the papers and to keep us out of prison. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of our role and thankfully in the last 10 years we've managed, yeah, pretty much to, to do that, just about, yeah. <laughs> So governments, governance is kind of primarily a role, but it's, it's, not, it's not all that we do. And it's at times like this that another part of our role is to help facilitate the vision of what God wants to do in this community. And it's our role, like Andy and the team will come to us and say, we've got this dream, so we have to get our heads together. Well, how do we resource this? How do we make this happen? And it usually involves money <laughs> at some stage along the process. And a building project like this is an opportunity for the board really just to get involved and help facilitate and make this happen because that's our heart. Our heart is to see God move in our community and we want to resource that as best we can and help that happen and make that happen. It's really good. Thank you, Mark. Um, some of us will be details people. We love details and that's probably some of the questions that we've got. Um, can you just share a sense of the process where we are right now um, as we move in towards this and also some details um, would be helpful. Okay, so last week Andy and I had a over two-hour meeting with our solicitor just going through the fine uh, detail of the lease. That was really helpful. We have a few, just a few little things that we need to go back and forward with the landlord, but primarily we're happy with that and we're going to move forward and sign the lease. So we hope to get that done in the next week or two and that will be the lease over the line. I just, I didn't mention this in the first service, but we're signing a 10-year lease. So this is for 10 years. There is a, a break clause at years five and seven that we can initiate, but primarily this is a 10-year lease at least. So the investment that we make now will be for the next, uh, the next 10 years. As far as the process goes, we have planning permission submitted. That's in about six weeks. Anybody who is ever involved in planning, I know that's a little bit of a black hole, but we've got a good feeling back from the planners. Realistically, once we get planning achieved, we probably think it's going to be around Easter time whenever we get to start the build. If planning comes in before that, yeah, we'll, we'll try and move forward. But realistically, our kind of target date to start is round about Easter of uh, next year. So that's hopefully when we can, we can start. Great. Um, I have to ask the question, Mark, how much is this going to cost? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 
the big question. Yeah. Uh, so these are the kind of costs then currently that we have at the minute. So we've got all our quotes back. Uh, so at the minute, the, the building cost is around about 360,000 pounds. That includes uh, 15,000 and a little bit more contingency. Anybody who watched Grand Designs know that people don't ever have contingency in the end of a mess. So we built a little bit into that because, as you know, costs and fluctuate. We fees about 10,000, and so that leaves us with around 370,000 pounds, a bill cost to do what we want to do, as you can see, based on the plans. We have had some really generous uh, donations already. Maybe, Andy, you want to you wanna talk about that? Yeah, so uh, as we were, I guess, deliberating on what to do about this, uh, in the middle of it all, I had a phone call from somebody who um, said that God really spoke to uh, them and their partner, and that they felt like they wanted to give us 120,000 pounds towards the new building. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so um, it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the only piece of information that was included in the discernment process for us, but it was a it was a helpful piece. So that that is uh, that is there uh, at, at the moment. Um, yeah, so that leaves us with uh, a building cost for our, our fundraising of 250000 So that's kind of our target for our fundraising campaign. That's great. Thank you. Um, it's fair to say that it's been quite a week um, since the mini-budget two Fridays ago. The economy has been, I'm going to go with the word choppy. Um, that's kind of conservative language there. But um, uh, before... Even the mini-budget two weeks ago, we were all kind of working through what does it look like with the rising costs of pretty much everything. As representatives of uh, the Board of Trustees, leadership team and staff team, we just want to name in this moment that we are very aware of the tension. We are very aware of what is swirling around us. And yet, we still believe that this is the right moment for us to make this move and we want to invite you to give sacrificially into that. Um, Mark, with the tension of all of that, what, what would you say to, to us right now? Well, if you remember, we, we first talked about this back in 2020 in the middle of COVID, and at that stage, we really had no idea what things were going to look like. <laughs> Andy mentioned earlier, we didn't know whether there'd be a church, whether you'd yeah. all come back, or whether we'd have anything, whether what the financial situation looks like. So we decided at that time, it probably wasn't the wisest time to make a, a large financial investment. So here we are, post-COVID. Well, things haven't really changed. <laughs> we're still unstable. I mean, the last the events of the last few weeks, as Andy talked about it uh, last week, you know, it's another crisis. Last week was a mortgage crisis. So if we're totally honest, there's never going to be an ideal time to invest or make a commitment like this. One thing I would say is over the last 10 years, we have been blown away by God's faithfulness whenever we've taken steps of faith, particularly financially. God has been so faithful, and we move forward in this one, not with any sense of entitlement or that, God, you'll do it again, but we know and we have a faith and a trust that God, again, will provide what He wants and what we need to fulfill all of the plans and purposes that He has for us as a community. The bottom line is, as Andy said, we desperately need the space. This just doesn't work as a multi-purpose venue. It just doesn't work. We need the space for youth and kids and community. So 
With that in mind, I know it's not ideal, but it's never going to be, so we feel that this is the time when we need to do this. Yeah. One of the things that might be helpful, again, for those of you that are into details, is uh, just a little bit on the, on the costs. Um, when we did this seven years ago, um, this project was just around 24, 25 pounds a square foot. Um, that's how much it cost. Uh, next door is going to cost 29 or 30 uh, pounds a square foot. Um, I'm telling you that because seven years later, with all of the rising uh, costs and inflation and everything, we, we've done everything we possibly can to do this in a way that is as affordable as possible. Um, just in case any of you are wondering if we're doing like gold-plated handles or, <laughs> uh, you know, silver-embedded carpet or something like that. Um, uh, we want to make the space work. Of course, it needs to be comfortable, but we are also working really hard at keeping this as... Uh, as cost-effective as we possibly, possibly can. Yeah, that's great. Stu, I forgot to put up the slide for the board. Oh, Sorry. yes, yes, it's helpful. Because <laughs> we have Simon uh, Tiernan is currently an American. He's tuned in, and he, he would be devastated if I didn't give him a shout-out. So, <laughs> Morning, you know, Simon. Right. Hey, Simon. <laughs> he said he was getting up at half six, just to let you know. So this is our Here. current board. Andy is also on the board. His photograph isn't there. So myself, Emma, Simon, and Stephen, we've been on the board for a, a long time now. Uh, those guys have a wealth of experience and wisdom. System. And recently we brought on Ruth Major. Ruth just got a fantastic wealth of knowledge in business she, with her family background. She brings huge wisdom to us as a board. And also then we brought on Andrew Wilson, who's a, a, a forensic accountant. So he's really helped us in, in our finances. It's just a privilege to have Ruth and Andrew join the team. So that's our, our, our current board, just to, in case I forgot to do that. Sorry, no, no, sorry. perfect. Thank Feel you. Feel free to ask them any hard questions. Yes, yeah. Particularly Simon. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Particularly yes. Simon. Yeah. <laughs> That would be great. Um, so we, we are wanting to invite you as our church to sacrificially give towards this move. Um, Andy, what would you say to us as we consider giving to something like this? Um, I think the thing that makes me equally uh, terrified and excited about these sorts of moments is uh, there's way more going on in these moments than buildings and there's way more going on in these things than money that this is uh, and these moments in the history of Lagan Valley Vineyard have always been moments for us to step deeper into an adventure with Jesus and I, I really want to encourage you to frame this in that that uh, you know some of the things that has happened in this space over the last seven years have been extraordinary. It's been a place where people's lives have literally been changed. It's a place where people have grieved in the context of community uh, as a result of extraordinary loss. It's, uh, it's been a place where um, people have met people that they then decided to marry and whole families have kind of begun. And, and that happened because seven years ago, a very small group of people, it certainly wasn't anything like the number that's sitting in here even just this morning in this moment, a very small group of people decided to invest in something together. And um, I would really encourage you to, to um, see this as an opportunity to go on an adventure with your family with God and uh, to 100% be wise and uh, think about your budgets and all of those sorts of stuff. But but to invite Jesus into this and to ask him what you should give. And 
Uh, we've said this uh, throughout the years in all sorts of different contexts, that we cannot all give equal amounts. That's just the reality. Um, seven years ago, there was a, a little child that brought their money box to Giving Sunday. And uh, it's probably the one thing that moved me the most, you know. Um, we can't give equal amounts, but we can sacrifice equally. And that, I suppose, is what I'm inviting you into, is uh, don't really get fixed on the amount, uh, but pay attention to what's going on in your heart with God. Because um, for, for me, what would make me uh, really sad and disappointed is if we, if two of you um, decided we're paying the whole bill and the rest of you didn't get to experience what it is to be involved in these sorts of things. Um, the, the guys that are, are giving us £120,000, and I think this is important to say, said this to me on the phone the morning they, they called to, to tell me that this is what they wanted to do, was that they said, uh, um, in our lives, when giving becomes really difficult, we prioritize it. And sometimes when you hear about those sorts of stories, you think, goodness me, wouldn't it be amazing to be in a place where you could give away 120 grand? I don't think you should assume that those people are in that place. Um, but that in the context of all of the uncertainty that's swirling around them, they went, this is the moment where we need to lean in and open our hands. And that's a discipleship conversation, and that's a, a, a Jesus and you conversation. I'll finish with this. Um, we used to tell a story back in the days of the very untidy Hasms Lane venue of the little boy and his bread and his fish, giving them to Jesus. And when we look at the problems in our community and we look at the problems in the world and we look at what we have, we go, what's the point? But that little boy and the lesson of that little boy is it's not about what you have. It's about who you're giving it to. And my hope and my prayer is that we would all find ourselves over the next five or six weeks, whether you can give five pounds, 500 pounds, or 5,000 pounds, that it's a reflection of you opening your heart to say, Jesus, take what I have and multiply it for your purposes for the sake of the world. That is the adventure that we are inviting you in with us together. Brilliant. Really, really helpful. Andy, practically, how will giving work? Um, so, um, you'll see on your seats, there's a little uh, card um, that says new building on it. Um, there is, there's a prayer on that. We want to encourage you to take that home, put it on your fridge, put it on a notice board, uh, pray it with your spouse, partner, friends, tribes, kids. Um, involve your children in this journey. It's really, really important um, that they feel like they're a part of this and that we get to do this together. But uh, we're going to do a Giving Sunday on Sunday the 6th of November. So uh, five weeks, I think, from today. Um, and the goal that Sunday is you'll take this card home uh, and spend the next kind of four or five weeks chatting, planning, praying, inviting Jesus to speak to you. And then on Sunday the 6th, We'll all come. Uh, we'd like to encourage you where possible not to bring, we'll remind you of all this closer to time, but not to bring cash, um, but bring a card um, um, with it filled in as far as what you're, uh, what you're hoping uh, uh, intending to give. Uh, there are three kind of ways we can do that. We can uh, give on that Sunday. Uh, so here's what I'm going to give and do the bank transfer and that's it done. Um, you can uh, give monthly uh, or you could pledge, you know, and my 
circumstances are this right now, but in the new year, I maybe expect them to be that, and so I'm going to give this much then. Uh, all of those are, are uh, you know, just uh, and whatever other way you can come up with. But the point is that we, we know where we are, and that's the, the, the challenge of this, is we do actually need to know where we are, and we do that by uh, us filling in the cards, and then we'll worship. And as an act of worship, we'll give uh, together on Sunday, the 6th of June. Uh, one of the other things that's really, really important um, for us in this is gift aid. Uh, so for those of you who are UK taxpayers, uh, the government will give us 25p back on every pound that you give. So once you get into numbers like we're talking about, that is a colossal amount of money. Um, but you need to fill in the details and say that that's who you are so that we can make sure we do all that properly. And so it's really, really helpful for us if you don't or haven't filled in a gift aid uh, form to do that, and specifically for what we give on the 6th of, uh, of November, we're going to do that. Um, I should have said, as we started talking about this particular part, that I am so aware, and we are so aware and so grateful for what you guys give to make what we currently do possible. Yeah. And uh, we don't certainly don't take any of that for granted in any way, shape, or form. Um, this is just a moment for us to, I suppose, lean in for the sake of what's coming in the next in the next ten that's years. Great. Hopefully, that's uh, helpful. If you have any questions, and th this is really important for us, I know Stu said there'll be an FAQ section on the website. Um, but if there are any questions that you have about this, uh, or you're concerned about, or just want to talk about, please don't feel embarrassed or awkward about that. We are available to do that with you as sensitively and as confidentially as we possibly, possibly can. Um, and um, that's really, really important to us. It's great. Andy, is there anything else that you want to say to us right now? Look, um, no, not really. <laughs> um, I feel the way this feels for me is like, you know, when you get on a roller coaster, like before the roller coaster becomes a roller coaster, like you're strapped in and it's going very slowly up the kind of bit before you like fall off the edge. That's how this kind of feels for me a little bit. Um, what, I, what I would love to do now, for us here and for, for any of you that are watching uh, later or, or with us, I, I would love to pray um, because this, like I keep saying, that yes, there's money and there's practical things, but uh, this is a moment for us to step further towards Jesus and deeper into his story. And so I'd love to just take a moment and, and pray for, for us as we begin this, uh, this new adventure together. So let's, let's take a minute just to pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this moment. And Father, we confess our dependence upon you. And we invite you to lead us over the next five weeks as we open our hearts and our ears to what you're saying to each of us and to our families. God, before we think about anything else, would you help us commit to listen to you? And would you fill us with faith and courage to follow you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Would you thank Andy and Mark? Thanks.